Welcome back to the program. We're here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Glad to have you on board with us. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, hosts of the show, and you riding along out there as the, with us as the company. Well, we always run on the program, love to talk about food, and every couple of weeks we get that chance to do that. And we started a couple of weeks with a really great conversation. We'll pick it up as we welcome in Mary Mammoliti. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mammoliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Mary, thanks for being with us. Welcome back. How are you? Oh, it's great to be back. Well, I miss uh, you guys. Hey, well, it's nice to have you on. But uh, but, uh, Mary, that's because you're so busy. Yeah, we'd have you on every day if we could. Yeah, did, did notice there was oh. no denying? Oh, no, I'm That's not. True. I always have time for you guys. I'm waiting you for... You caught me off guard. I'm waiting for... Heck, you're right. Good excuse. I am busy. Uh, Mayor, uh, we're continuing our discussion on safe cooking techniques for the blind or low-vision home cook. Uh, mm-hmm. We left off at the protein thermometer. Yes. Yes. I want to mention before we jump into that, that I want every home cook to get comfortable with using their hands. Right. right. So right. this is this is an additional kitchen utensil for us. Well, for many cooks, many chefs, but for us, it really is. You want to pay close attention to your senses. That's first and foremost. And then sounds, smells, texture of the ingredients, all of that when cooking, because it plays a big part for us. Aside from these little tips that we're going to share today. So we talked about the protein thermometer, Mm -hmm. protein thermometer. um, This is key. This is a great tool to have. And I suggest getting a talking protein thermometer. So what this is a talking thermometer, it's a digital um, thermometer. It's got the digital screen. You can get one with a larger screen, but this one goes one step further and it'll read what's on the screen for us. I don't know if either of you have this. Have you tried this? Yep. Right. It. It, It can't live without it. Yeah. I would imagine it's, it's not. just it's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, I know I say this with all of them, but this one really is because it comes in so handy. But the tip I want to give you with this is when you're measuring the internal temperature of the protein. So whatever it is, if it's steak, if it's chicken, um, I don't want you to do it in the hot pan. Right. I want you to get that off the element. So what I suggest is taking that protein, either removing it from the pan, putting it on a plate um, and then taking the temperature. You insert the probe from there into the protein and then take the temperature from there. Or if you cut it in pieces, just take a piece off on a plate. I don't want anyone fidgeting near that element, near that fire element or whatever that heat is. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It just okay. keeps it that little extra step. Don't stick your hand you... right in the air fryer, people. Don't <laughs> right. do it. Do not. Uh, Mayor, will will it work, though? There. Like a roast, if you're, you know, you do a roast, you want to make sure it's at that, and you, you open it up, but it will work. It doesn't throw it off because of the heat from no. the oven, of course. No, it doesn't. No, it's a safety It doesn't thing. at all. Okay. Yep. It's a safety thing. It's just literally to take, I mean, well, when you're doing a roast, it's a larger piece of meat. So it's yes. easier to kind of extend, you know, put a pair of tongs in the other hand, something that'll give you that extension where it's not your hand directly on that hot piece of protein or that hot roast, Okay. right? Something where it'll tell you where it is and then you probe it. I think that's more of, of you know, if it's a smaller size of chicken or, you know, personal portion size or uh, whatever the case is, and you don't want to kind of risk putting your hand in that hot pan or, or pot. Very good. So okay. that's why I recommend taking it out and just putting it on a plate to measure it. Right. Perfect. Manual food choppers. Guys, definitely something that I recommend. So there's two. 
The first one is those small palm held ones. You know, the ones like looks like um, it's the shape of a cylinder has a button on the top um, of the lid where you kind of you put the, the ingredients at the bottom inside their blades. So when you push down on that button, it just I don't want to say the name. The brand name was like the slap chop when it yeah. first came yeah. out. Yeah, when you I remember that. Yes. The top of it, right. And it you remember them on the commercials? They'd have those infomer- exactly. and you'd, That's all you'd hear, Mary, first that you knew it was on because you, you know, slapped off. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. it. And you know, you know exactly what's on the For screen. Sure. Yeah. Um, and everyone, I, I have to admit, everyone was kind of curious. And if not, you got actually tempted to buy it. But I recommend buying it now um, because it's great for garlic. It's great for nuts. Um, it's something that if you don't have to chop it in uniform sizes if you don't want to keep the same size that can be a little i want to say rustic um that would be great for it and it keeps your hands away because it's a smaller item keeps your fingers safely away from it um, and it's great for small batch chopping if you're looking to chop maybe onions let's use onions as an example there's this other one it's a larger box shape so it's like a tupperware um, at the bottom and then on top it's got a lid and then there's like this blade of grates at the top of the lid with another little kind of lid over the hat. So how it works, this is hard to explain, but how it works is you put that half an onion over those blades, the lid or the cover that goes over those blades to keep them out of the way, you press down on that and you put a little bit of force and it'll push that onion right through those grates of those blades. So you get like this dice that falls into the Tupperware piece. And I love right. it because you can get a larger one and dice a lot of things at the same time. Mm-hmm. which is really cool, easy to clean, pop yeah. it into the dishwasher. I want you to keep your hands away from those blades, though. So if you are washing it in the sink, soak it in some dishwater, dish soap and, and water. Um, use rubber gloves while you're handling them, just to make, just to get that little layer of protection if you are rinsing them in the uh, sink. If not, pop them into the dishwasher. Okay. Next. Yep, yeah, next. Reading a recipe in a cookbook. Mm. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I have so many cookbooks and there are so many recipes that I love. I have so many Google tabs open. I was just (laughs) going to say. (laughs) Right. I'm always, Frank loses it with me. He says, how do you do this? There's just tons of that. (laughs) Yeah. But But for those, when you're using Google or your Google tabs, you can actually use the Google home for that. Right. Yes. I honestly, it's a staple in my home. It'll send it to you too. In my kitchen. It does. Yeah. It does. It's great. You can pause the recipe. You can fast forward. You can go back. Um, it'll go through the entire recipe with you. I absolutely love it. I love that it converts measurements on the fly. It'll tell you anything you need to know where you don't have to go searching for it. The other is if you want to get those recipes from a cookbook, a specific cookbook that you used to enjoy, uh, there are some that I did, but the writing is just, it's not, the font's not dark enough for me now or large enough. Mm. So what I use is Seeing AI. So it's an app that's available to any smartphone user, whether you're Android or iOS, and you download the app. Using that app, you launch it, take a photo within the app. It'll actually convert that page of the cookbook into an accessible page, and it'll actually read it to you. So you can pause it, fast forward, do whatever you want, but it'll read that recipe to you, which is nice. You can still enjoy those cookbooks that you used to love. Uh, and those recipes that you loved um, in a different way. I love it. I think that right? this is very uh, individual, right, Mary? How you yeah. uh, approach maybe some of the influences you've had or 
conversations you've had with other people uh, it could really impact the way that you decide is the best way for you to read a recipe. And even with like large print in physical books, there's mm-hmm. people have talked about, you know, making sure they're in um, plastic covers so you can still get your fingers all up in them without <laughs> damaging your books and yeah. papers and things like that or tablets blow them up there. Lots of ways to do it. Yeah. Exactly. You have to find ways that work for you. These are two that I get asked about quite frequently. Yes. Um, and these are yeah. two that I use. And I thought mm-hmm. if it helps me, it may help others. And this is why I relate. And plus, I'm also a little bit of a techie geek. Um, I love trying new things when it comes to technology. And these two definitely are the top of my list when it comes to Amazing. the kitchen. Amazing. Measuring ingredients. Guys, this one. Oh, biggie. It, Right? It's a biggie. So this one here, a couple of things that have helped. Talking scale. But I know for some, they say that maybe it's a little too expensive. It can be pricey. The next thing I would suggest is nesting measuring cups then. Do you know which ones I'm talking about? The ones where it's the size of a cup, the size of a half a cup, and then a third and then a quarter, and they all fit into one another. All into the same. Those are wonderful. Exactly. Those are wonderful. Exactly. Like the the teaspoons, the tablespoons, they're all kept in order on a ring so you can just follow along. Um, What I love about these is when you're measuring dry ingredients with these, with let's say you take out a half a cup, you need a half cup of flour, you dip it into your flour, you use your finger to level it off, which is what I love because you don't need anything in additional. You feel it, you know where you are, and then you can place that into your bowl. Where it can get tricky is when you're doing uh, liquid Now, I have a couple, but if you guys have any, I would love to hear them because some that I found were either you pour the liquid into a bowl, use your spoon or your measuring spoon to scoop it out and then place it into your uh, whatever item you're baking. So let's use vanilla as an example. Okay. Right. Um, Two ways you can do it. You pour the vanilla into a bowl, use your measuring spoon, scoop it out of there and then pour it into your bowl where you're baking everything or you're combining all your ingredients. The other way is if you have a teaspoon that you can actually bend. Yeah, And what it is, when you bend the the, um, the handle, it'll form like a shape, like an L, let's say. Right. So this way you can lower that spoon portion into the liquid, pull it out, and you don't have to really maneuver um, the handle. So oh. it's almost like a ladle effect, I would say. Almost like a crane, uh, uh, what do you call it? The the, the bird, and the, a crane, uh, like a, the spill, the bill, the spoon, almost it scoops up and you drop it in. Without having, because you pull it straight up and it just lifts it out. Straight up and you put it in. Or the other is to pour over, um, again, put a bowl underneath. And if you want to pour the ingredient, the liquid into your teaspoon or tablespoon, the bowl bowl below will catch that. Any others that you guys have that... I don't know. The one with the bowl. I'm a bit lazy. I'm not going to lie <laughs> yeah. in this regard. Yeah. I don't really want to broadcast the way that I do it, <laughs> Mary. So in other words, well, uh, a pinch, a dash, that's what we yeah. say. This is Dri- from mom's recipe. How many recipe. drips did I hear? That must be yeah. a teaspoon. Um, <laughs> anyways. Or, and that's or, great for cooking. That's great for yeah. cooking. But when Just, you get it's not great baking, for repeating. No. It's not baking great for repeating. Not. Do you remember... Do you guys remember the Mookies? I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, go back to that reference all the time. Uh, no, but it's true. With baking, I've most often than not just the, you know, if it's wide mouth, anything, especially mm-hmm. the dry ingredients, you can stick the spoon right in. Uh, but anything else, I either pour over the sink and then have the, the sink take the excess. But if you can't mm-hmm. balance, like if you're not sure you're holding your spoon straight at all, um, it's got to mm-hmm. be a bowl so you have something closer, right? 
Exactly. And I like that kind of, you drop it in and then you level it off. Like that yes. L-shaped kind of spoon thing yes. is really handy to have. Um, and you don't have to buy really expensive ones. Just anything that'll work. That's a measuring spoon that you can actually bend yeah. the handle. Yeah, that you don't mind doing that. And it's for our convenience. It's wonderful. Absolutely. How about storing knives? This oh, yes. one's a big one. Yep. Right? I mean, I would love to eventually get myself a little knife drawer where everything lines up in the drawer. But right now, my kitchen isn't designed that way. So what I use is those blocks, the knife block. Yep. And then it keeps yep. all my chef's knives and everything in there in its place uh, where the blades are covered. So if I run my hand over top, I don't have to worry about getting it onto a blade. Um, or running it along something. I just hit the handle and I know that if there's one missing, I know which one is missing because I know which one belongs where. And you just get the um, so ones that, really that are multi, me. that have the multi slot, slots in it. Exactly. I know right. it's bulky, okay. mm -hmm. um, but it's very helpful and it's useful if you're using chopping knives and all that. Adding salt and pepper to meals seems simple enough, but it can get tricky. Because you want to make sure that you're adding what you what your preference is, what you like. Yeah, so don't I would suggest do shaking the pouring the, thing. Right? No, do not. <laughs> Unless, right? I remember, <laughs> I remember learning do that, it. especially when my mother and father right. were trying to be kind at the food. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I, I just need some water. I'll be right back. Salty. Right. And we've all done that. Oh, Everyone yeah. has done it. Right. So what I suggest is pour it into your hand and then using your fingers, pinch from your hand and then sprinkle into your dish. I like using kosher salt for many reasons, but one of them is because it is a, a larger grain salt. So you can actually take that salt, you feel it in your fingers, you sprinkle it over top. It's lovely. Um, the same with any other ingredient. Uh, salt and pepper is key for this. Or if you want to use a pepper mill or a salt mill, um, I got it down to signs for certain meals that I really like making, which I make often. I'll know that maybe two twists of the pepper mill is perfect for me. Right? So you kind of, you gauge it that way. Hmm. And that... Uh, that does yeah. take a lot of just experience learning that, right? For people who feel, well, you know, I can try it that way, but it, it is something you learn. You, you, you trial by error. You have to. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend undersalting. Okay. The reason why is because you can add more salt if you need it. If someone prefers more salt than you do, they can add it to their dish. If you oversalt, you can't do anything with it. Right. You got to eat it just the way it is, oversalted, mm -hmm. too much salt, whatever it is, and then you get sodium face the next morning. <laughs> but <laughs> just blow up. <laughs> I like that. Sodium face. Right? Sodium face definitely happens. Um, what about vegetable peeler? Guys, you have to have a vegetable peeler in your cupboard because it can be used for anything. Even if you're not comfortable shredding carrots on a box grater, use your vegetable peeler. Right. And just keep on peeling them and all of a sudden use your hands and just tear it apart. There you got shredded carrots. <laughs> right? So it's just I love <laughs> like... It. Yeah, it's me. It's just reinventing how we use certain things. Mary, yes. what are you whittling um, there? Carrots. <laughs> Carrots. <laughs> no, so true. And then you can break and tell when I'm doing it because then you can hear kind of at the end when it slows down and then you hear, that's me yeah. eating the rest of it. Right. <laughs> Those are my sound effects for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Straining pasta. Mm -hmm. Cooking pasta, it's always uncomfortable for some people to either pour those hot pots of water into a colander, into the sink, the whole bit. So if you're not comfortable with it, take tongs, take a pasta spoon, uh, which is like a spoon with these little kind of prongs sticking up. And when you scoop it in, you can lift up your spaghetti or your linguine out of the water. It collects it and you can put it right into your pot 
of sauce or whatever you're you're cooking it with. Um, use tongs. You could take it right from the bottle, the you know, the pot of water right into your pan. Um, awesome. A little pasta water is just it's gold. It's okay. just like liquid gold. Mary, we have only about a minute. Can we work in quickly the recipe? Let's do the recipe because this one's a lot of fun. And there's this whole thing about homemade popcorn or you're convert you're doing like brown paper bag popcorn now. I've been doing this forever. So homemade kettle corn in under five minutes. It's in the microwave, but all you need is a third cup of popcorn kernels, two teaspoons grapeseed oil or canola oil. You want a neutral oil for this. One tablespoon sugar, quarter teaspoon salt. Mix those all together. Coat the kernels with everything. Pour them into a brown paper bag. And then just fold it over a couple of times, stand that up in your microwave, hit three minutes or use the popcorn setting. Listen for that popping. If you're getting a slow pop at the end, then you know that your popcorn's done. Take it out, pour it in a bowl. You are done. Awesome. Okay, Mary. Yum. Real quick, uh, what's the latest on the Kitchen Confession podcast? I got 30 seconds for you. Episode 121, Coconut Choco with uh, Chef Devin Rajkumar. He... Um, Got, he went into culinary school in about 2009. He's been experimenting with food since he was a child, watching his grandmother grind coconut for choka and helping out um, in the temple kitchen. He modernized the He's trying to modernize the craft, keep traditions and tastes of his East and West Indian cuisines in today's, in his today's, uh, in his dishes today. That's coming out, guys. Um, so Chef Dev, he tells us about his uh, early influences, food memories, um, his international adventures. He's a wealth of knowledge uh, and yes. he's got some great advice for beginners awesome. to set on uh, and breaking into the industry. And that podcast available today. Yes. Yes. Okay. Published right. today. Mary, as usual, thank you so much. Um, we appreciate it. Some great advice and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks on the show. Thanks guys. It was so much fun catching up. Check out Mary's discussions and uh, recipes, folks, and you can find them at kitchenconfession.com. And, of course, find the uh, Kitchen Confession podcast on your favorite podcast platform, where you can uh, check everything out there and enjoy the podcast as the fresh one is available today. Up next, we'll see what's coming up tomorrow on Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Tell you a little bit about our show. Stand by. <laughs>